0: sports tonight
1: taking a look at the biggest stories in denver sports from your online home for
0: the best opinions and information on the broncos nuggets avalanche rockies and more denversports.com
1: good evening colorado and the rocky mountain mile high region what is up what is it thursday it's a thursday And it's Cecil Lammy, Denver Sports Tonight. We're going to talk a lot of Broncos. And then coming up at 645, Will Peterson, our guy, is going to call in, talk about the Gabe Landeskog situation. That's the top story in all of Denver sports. And we've got you covered at denversports.com. And we can, uh, you know, get you going every day with our Denver Sports Daily. Sign up for it for free. No paywalls, anything like that. Paywalls, please. Get a rebound. Yeah, denversports.com, It's where you go. Denver Sports Daily is where you sign up. The top Denver sports news, hot and fresh, right to your inbox every single day. That's the Denver Sports Daily, and it's available at denversports.com. So I'm going to talk a little Gabe Landeskog out for the postseason for your Colorado Avalanche and really just being out and about with everybody. Mac wanted to hear the story. So, D, this one's for you, buddy. Uh, I feel like I'm going Dan Jacobs. <laughs> There's like an old-timey way to do radio, and it's more of the storytelling, and it's fantastic, right? Whenever I hear the Honorable Dan Jacobs on the air, I think, oh, sounds like Irvin Joe, because he came up under Irvin Joe, and we all love Irvin Joe. I was a caller under Irvin Joe, got red-dogged quite a few times on Irvin Joe. Um, so yeah, that's the, you know, the old school way of radio is just telling stories, talking sports, but really interspersing it through your stories. So yes, I did a public appearance shout out to Lakewood up to no good as my man, Orlando Franklin would say, always good to hear Orlando, whether it's on the players club or filling in on the drive, simply fantastic. Oh, always reading from my man, big O, but I got to tell you. Every time I'm out and about, whether it's at the All-Seas Fan Expo I was at over the weekend, whether it's the King Supers in Lakewood, I was there uh, giving away some Rockies tickets, got stood up by Dinger. I'll get to that in a little bit. But really, you know what I mostly see? It's ABS fans. You see plenty of Broncos gear, right? Tons of Broncos gear. So again, I was out at Lakewood at the King Supers, giving away some Rockies tickets and some Denver sports swag and... It was Az fan, Avs fan, Broncos fan, Broncos fan, Az fan, Broncos fan, Broncos fan, Az fan. Not hard landing Nuggets gear. In fact, I don't think in two hours of shaking hands and kissing babies, I think I didn't see a single piece of Nuggets gear. Got to step that up, Denver fan. And then uh, a couple of Rockies. There were a couple of uh, ladies wearing some Rockies gear, so yes. Did see some Rockies gear. Didn't see much Nuggets gear. Always see ABS gear representing, and certainly see Broncos gear here in Broncos countries. But it was just interesting to note. A poor day. I was still looking forward to Dinger. I was not going to ask him anything off the record or anything. I was just going to hang out with Dinger, right? And I know understand like the some fans don't like Dinger or whatever. Like for me, I'm like, eh, I don't have enough brain cells to hate a mascot. In fact, I. Generally love all of our mascots here, whether it's Miles, Rocky, whoever, who's the Avs ones, KJ? Eh, Whatever. Love him too, right? Whoever, whatever his name is. Max yelling at me right now in his car. But like, yeah, Dinger was supposed to come out. I was going to hang out with the purple dinosaur, right? What are those? I thought he'd talk about my shoes. I wore purple Jordans today. Along with a purple polo and a Rockies hat. So, I'm all decked out. I'm ready to go hang out with Dinger. And, well, Dinger no-shows me. Uh, so, Dinger, next time, give me a rain check, buddy. We'll hang out. Have a couple of cold pops. I'm sure he needs to talk to somebody. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Um, drunk sports fans, you got you to gotta dial it down, man. Like, uh, there's nothing wrong in having a couple of cold pops or whatever and enjoying a sporting event. But the guy who literally does the hold my beer thing so that his buddies can get him on video. Uh, congratulations, you'll never go to a Rockies game again. You're banned from Coors Field permanently. They got facial recognition. Who was the Broncos player? D-Mac, I'll remember this. Who was the Broncos player that, like, had a bunker? And God bless him. Uh, oh, man. He was, he was a little unhinged. We'll say that, allegedly, or whatever I have to say. And he had a bunker, and he'd, like, he got kicked out of some restaurant here. I think it was over in Belmar and because uh, all you can eat, and he's a football player, he's an offensive lineman, and he ate all he could eat, and that's not a real good way to save your money <laughs> if you're a restaurant. So they, like, kicked him out and banned him, and then he would, like, wear a disguise. He'd let go Clark Kent, right? He'd put on some sunglasses and everything, and it was the facial recognition technology that they had on their cameras. They caught him, and he was like, how'd you catch me? I'm incognito. And they're like, oh, we got facial recognition cameras. So, yeah, whoever that drunk guy is, uh, congratulations, you're never going to go to Coors Field again for anything. Come on, man. I don't care if it's Def Leppard and Motley Crue fat Vince Neal will have more access to Coors Field than you do. Vince Neal, you got to, he needs some soda in his life or something. Let me finish. Like, seriously, dude. Like, se- <clears throat> wow. Okay. Out there looking like the abdominal snowman from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Singing girls, 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 and can't even get through the first girls without losing your breath. Running out of breath. Cecil Lammy here at denversports.com. Uh, just having some fun today. Uh, shout out to everyone who came out to the Lakewood King Supers to say hi. Except for Dinger. Again, Dinger, you're going to give me a rain check. But, like, it's all the conversation of, one, the Landeskog News was the biggest news of Denver sports today. 6:45. Will Peterson joins me to talk about that. But it also, whether it's the comic book convention, gas station running into the Broncos fans, wherever I'm at, the constant question I get is, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? And my answer is always the same, and it rings true. Well, if he doesn't, he's gone, and not Sean Payton. But Russell Wilson is gone. And I believe it was Keyshawn Johnson... Who had an opinion like, "Hey, if Sean Payton can't do it, then nobody can." Yes, Keyshawn, you're you are correct, sir. Thank you for catching up to two months ago, because that's the that's what's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. Hell, Russell Wilson himself knows it's going to happen. That's why Russ. And uh, listen, I'm never one to say quarterbacks could should be rocked up, because I have seen a lot of quarterbacks without their shirts on and. Uh, your quarterback needs to be a little doughy, honestly. Every quarterback that I've ever seen that is all rocked up usually stinks. Curtis Painter was rocked up, couldn't play. Tim Tebow, rocked up, couldn't play. Like, so there are some examples. Quarterbacks should have more dad bods than they should god bods, right? Like, that's what a quarterback should look like. So, Russell Wilson, maybe we're a little over that line. Last year, people calling him chubby or whatever. And I don't know what's fat shaming and what's not. I just know that, okay, he's definitely taking his health seriously this year. He's definitely looking at things differently with his pre workout regimen this year. And that's a good thing, right? I don't want Russell Wilson to be rocked up. I'm in the greatest shape of my life. But would I like him to be a little bit tighter, right? What is it from knocked up? Like, I can't tell you to lose weight, but I just, you need to tighter. You need to be tighter. And from the pictures that we have of Russell Wilson, things look a little tighter. Things look a little better in terms of, you know, his body type and what he's preparing to do. So when Keyshawn Johnson says, man, Sean Payton going to do it, or they're going to get rid of him. I'm like, okay, yes, two months ago, you should have had that opinion. I don't know why it's getting traction now. I don't understand the news cycle in general, but whatever. We all know that's the case. And again, not only do we know, George Payton knows it. And by the way, if Russell Wilson's gone, George Payton might be gone with him. This is George Payton's mess. I understand people say it's John Elway's mess, and to a certain degree, that is not untrue. Is that a double negative? Eh, anyway, to a certain point, that is true. Yes, John Elway put this team in a position where they didn't have the depth. You didn't have the drafts. So how many players are left over from 2017 to 2019? It's not that many. So, like, you, you just don't have... The depth, the foundation that you normally would on a team that's drafting well, that has an identity, and that isn't just searching for something. It seemed like for too long, the Broncos in this quarterback carousel that has gone on, they've been searching and they've never had that identity. With Sean Payton, you get that identity. You immediately know what kind of team you're going to be. You know exactly how you're going to be coached. There's not going to be any sort of change in that. One of the many problems with Vance Joseph as a head coach of the Broncos, and I didn't mind VJ. I like VJ enough. Uh, I think as a defensive coordinator, he'll be on the hot seat this year, to be sure, more on that in a little bit. But one of the biggest problems that Vance Joseph had when he was head coach of the Broncos is that he changed. I remember the second year of VJ, which should have been Mike Shanahan brought back, but allegedly Joe Ellis didn't want that to happen. Either way, I'm getting off track. I remember talking to Shane Ray out at training camp. We made it a promo here. Anytime you get a promo on the fan, uh, it's always a big deal. I love listening to the Orange and Blue Today promo. Thank you, Raj. But I remember Shane Ray saying, yeah, Vance Joseph's ruling with an iron fist. Now, he said that on air. It sounded great. It was a great sound clip, right? And Vance Joseph ruling with an iron fist. Off the record, you know what Shane Ray said? Like, oh, uh, now he's doing that. Last year, he was the player's coach, and he was super nice. It doesn't work when you change. Do you have to treat people differently? Yes, because any good manager will tell you, like, you can't. People are motivated differently. I've often said people are like rubber bands. Some people are wound so tight that if you raise your voice, you ruin them. And some people are wound so loose that you have to kick him in the ass every day just to get a half-ass effort out of them. So, yes, you do have to treat individuals differently, but you need to have that similar style. And what Vance Joseph did year one was like, hey, buddy, armor on your shoulder, buddy. How's it going, buddy? Year two, he tried to be a hard ass, and nobody was buying it. Nobody bought in from the previous year because they knew he didn't have any power. And that was another mistake from the John Elway regime because somebody, might be John, might not be John, was basically overriding Vance Joseph at every single turn. So, again, not revisionist history, just looking back on it now with more information, they never gave Vance Joseph a fair shot. And then they tried to get rid of him after one year. Probably should have happened, honestly. Honestly and should have went to Mike Shanahan with Kirk Cousins as a package deal. That was shut down, allegedly, by Joe Ellis or whatever I have to say, so I don't get in trouble. So it was year two of Vance Joseph, and it was time for Vance Joseph to rule with an Iron Fist, and that didn't work at all. So with Sean Payton, you're going to get the Iron Fist from day one, from the jump. Immediately you know this Parcellsian type of coaching style that you're going to get from Sean Payton. And I think that's a great benefit for the Denver Broncos because it is one man, one vision. It's unlike my Sean Ponda commercial <laughs> one price, one person, one hour. Like it's one man, it's one vision, it's one direction for the Denver Broncos. And that's something that players will respond to. Any of these players that we have on the fan. Dear Orlando Franklin, who was just in here. You know what players are going to tell you? Players want to be coached. They want you to know the why. Why are you telling me this? Why are you coaching me this way? Why is our plan this? Players want the direction from a coach. They want a direction from the leader. And remember the old saying, which rings true every single day. In the NFL, teams take on the personality of their head coach or their quarterback. Well, last year... Their head coach had the personality of a day-old waffle that's been sitting in syrup. I don't know why I went there. Nathaniel Hackett, whatever soggy personality you could have, that was Nathaniel Hackett. He had the personality of a a, a performance art clown that does birthday parties for kids, right? That's what Nathaniel Hackett was, a clown. Your quarterback, his personality is... Difficult for some to warm up to. Russell Wilson is a good man, and I always lead by that. And, you know, when people ask me, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? Tell me about Russell Wilson. Is Russell Wilson really like Russell Wilson portrays himself to be? Yes. Yes, he is. It reminds me, not on the field-wise, but it reminds me of Tim Tebow. I was one that was just having fun on the Tebow ride, right? I know a lot of people fought against and He can't play. You know, he doesn't like him, and he's got to get rid of him. All those sorts of things. We could say a lot about Tim Tebow, but I will say this. I always describe Timmy as sweet. I don't think I could ever, 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 ever describe any football player as sweet. But Tim Tebow was sweet. He was a good kid. He was a good, nice young man. Russell Wilson's not a young man. He's an old man, older man. But Russell Wilson is a good man. He's a good person. And that's something to build on. However, and as my man Reggie McDaniel always used to say, there's always a however in life. Russell Wilson might be a little difficult to warm up to because of his corny personality. And it's just what it is. I don't say that as an insult. Listen, I'm a nerd. I love comic books. I love fantasy football. Like, whatever. I know how to rebuild an engine and ride a horse and put up a trout line and all that kind of stuff. Like, country boy can't survive. Uh, You're not going to shame me with my likes. But, like, yeah, okay, somebody calls me a nerd. Okay, sure. Hey, oh, oh, you got me. I'm a big nerd. (laughs) Ha-ha. Russell Wilson's just corny. And I often say, like, would you rather have Russell Wilson or Ben Roethlisberger? Or I'll put it to someone that's actually still playing Deshaun Watson. Do we need to go there? I don't think so. But just at the end of the day, um, you know, you want to have someone you can root for that's a really good person and is grounded with his family and his faith and all these sorts of good things about Russell Wilson? Or do you want to have someone who maybe allegedly or whatever I have to say has mm, done some unscrupulous things, right? So... The personality of your head coach or your quarterback is what teams take on. Well, now you've got a coach with personality. Now you've got a coach with identity. Now you've got Sean Payton with direction for this team. So, again, one man, one vision, one direction for this team, and that is up. It could not get much worse. Now, you always have to be careful. People say be careful when you say those things. Yeah, 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 whatever. You'll be fine. It can't get much worse than it's been for the Denver Broncos. And that's how terrible things have been. Things have been just so bad for this team for so long. And I know y'all are loyal because, again, I'm out in public and I'm seeing tons of Broncos gear and lots of abs gear. A lot of Rockies gear, and today at least, no Nuggets gear. So come on, Nuggets fans. You got plenty to root for, so show it off. You got plenty of options and plenty of different logos from the Denver Nuggets, so show it off. But either way, this fan base for the Denver Broncos has been incredibly loyal to a bad product, and they're out of time. The goodwill well has run dry for the Denver Broncos. You can no longer just rely on, we're the Broncos and we're the king. We're at the top of the mountain. That is not the case whatsoever. The Avs, and again, Will Peterson will join me at 6.45 to talk about the Gabe Landeskog injury. The Avs win another Stanley Cup. I'm not saying it's going to overtake Broncos country because Denver's a football town. Always has been, always will be. However... Avs get another one, you know, now the conversation, what about if the Denver Nuggets were to win the NBA Finals? I don't know. Some more Jake Shapiro's getting all excited, right? Okay, like, yes, if the Denver Nuggets were to win it all, what happens to Broncos country when they win seven games, when they win eight games, and when they win nine games, whatever the number is? Like, you can no longer rely, and there have been people, I'm not going to name names, But there have been people, let's just say, around that organization, whether it's from affiliates or not from affiliates, that have had this hubris about the Denver Broncos. And listen, I'm right there with them. For most of these last six years, I've been right there with them, being like, it's the Broncos. Who cares what anybody else does? It's the Broncos. It'll always be the Broncos. And now, even I've been rattled. To be like, wait a second, the landscape, the sports landscape in Denver looks much, much different. It used to be Broncos all day, all night, and oh yeah, this other stuff's going on. Now, how much Broncos talk have we had in the month of April? Honestly. And I understand they don't have uh, you know, first round pick. They don't have a second round pick. By the way, my buddy Mark texted me, Vince Meal. <laughs> He's a member of Meal Team Six. Anyway, Vince Meal, that's right. That's right, Mark. Shout out, Mark. In Hollywood, what up? So, if you look at the Broncos, like, yeah, okay, Broncos country, Broncos for life, Uh uh-huh, sure. How much Broncos talk have we not had? It's the 13th of April, so we're basically halfway through this month. And I understand the Broncos aren't drafting until the third round, pick number 67. But this has to be, and I am... um, Intaker, What? Consumer? Yes, that's a better word. I am a consumer of sports talk radio. I, in fact, love sports talk radio. I've told the story and shared the stories of how, you know, growing up in the country, getting ready to go out to do chores, usually listen to, you know, Paul Harvey or whatever, right? Good day. Like, uh, you know, so I've always loved sports talk radio, and I know Paul Harvey was just regular talk radio, but I digress. Like, John Regal, shout out John Regal, RIP, uh, to the man who was an inspiration to me. I'd be out there riding a hay wagon, listening to 950 The Fan back then, and John Regal would be on. He had a show with Adam Schefter on Saturdays on The Fan. And, you know, just absorbing, consuming sports talk and sports radio. Since I got into the game 20 years ago, shout out Mark Schlereth for – opening the door for me, him and Andy Lindahl. Since I've been in this game for 20 years, and I've been on the air in Denver for 20 years, most of those on the fan, five years at ESPN Denver, and, of course, the start, I got the start on 760 The Zone and a couple years on KOA. Either way, I've been around the block. I've been on this airwaves in Denver for 20 years. Thank you all so much. But I got to tell you, this is the least amount of Broncos talk I've heard in any April ever. Because there was times when either I was on the come up or I was uh, not yet on the air. And sports talk, I just fiend for sports talk to bring up football. Because it used to be, in the day, football was more specialized. You know, like the weekend show, like I was talking about with John Regal, Adam Schefter. And I think Adam was still with the Rocky Mountain News, if anyone even remembers what that was. But either way, it used to be like segmented where you you'd listen to sports radio all day in April just hoping for that little nugget. Hey, the Broncos are talking to Luke Musgrave from Oregon State and you spend 5 minutes on it. It almost feels like that's what it's back to. As a consumer of sports talk and sports media in general here locally, not nationally. Nationally football's still king and the NFL draft, which is like the most boring thing to watch on television, will get better ratings than the Stanley Cup final. Sorry, hockey fan. Sit down. You'll be okay. No one offended you because someone mispronounced a Russian's name. You'll be fine, hockey fan. Sit down and please be quiet. Baseball, whatever. Pitch can play, pitch clock, everything's faster, whatever. It's still boring to watch on TV. Won't get the ratings. Won't draw. It's fun to go to a baseball game all day long. Yes, goes watch baseball all day. On TV, god-awful. NBA Finals. Well, depending on the matchup, but that's not going to bring in more ratings than the NFL draft. So I'm just speaking locally, but from a local Denver standpoint, the Broncos aren't the talk of the talk. They're just not. And that's sad. That's really sad. For this proud franchise, with that head coach, Sean Payton, in mind. So again, one man, one vision, one Direction. Wait, maybe I should change the One Direction thing. <laughs> don't I, I don't know what it's. Uh, Harry Styles, right? Is that right? Yeah. Mm, whatever the other guy's name is. Nigel something. I only know this because my daughters used to listen to One Direction. Now they're going to be mad at me. Don't talk about that. Anyway, it's Cecil Lemmy. It's Denver Sports Tonight going over the top Denver sports news. Available at denversports.com. Got some thoughts about Dion. That spring game, which I will be at, and got some thoughts about the Broncos draft. Who are the exceptions to the rule? I think the Broncos may move up in this draft. Who is it for? Got some clues. We'll tell you next. I could never play the spoons like that guy. I could never do it. I tried. Out there looking like a, a calypso dancer. <laughs> I tried playing the spoons, I just couldn't do it. Not real good at that. I can play drums not as good as d plays drums though. d is a hell of a musician. Hell of a young man. He can play the drums? Dude, he can he can play the drums. Like play the drums. So if Tommy Lee had a mini me, it would be Darren McKee. Maybe. Anyway, love you, D. Love you all out there. Denversports.com is where you want to go for the top Denver sports news and information and opinion. No paywall, none of that garbage. Uh, Just great sports content. It is at denversports.com. Again, sign up for that Denver Sports Daily. Top sports news, hot and fresh to your inbox every single day. That's the Denver Sports Daily. Sign up for it for free at denversports.com. The Broncos don't pick until 67. I don't know. I'm not a gambling man. I feel like every time I bring up the G word, Stoke Zach will, like, appear out of nowhere. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Gambling, gambling, gambling. Whoa. Uh, I'm not a gambling man. I don't know what the odds are, but I don't think the Broncos will pick at 67. Could be totally wrong. They could wait. They could see value fall to them. They could get an incredible pick. Blake Freeland from BYU, offensive tackle, future left tackle. Okay, sure, falls that far to 67. The Broncos scoop him up. They develop him, whatever. It's fantastic. It's the greatest thing ever. I don't want to make Garrett Bowles masseuse mad, but listen, we all know that Garrett Bowles is an older player, and you have to think about the future of the left tackle position. You hopefully have right tackle figured out, although, what was that? What's that in my ear? Oh, wait. It was a whistle-blown. Mike McGlinchey just got called for holding on April 13th. Homeboy's going to get called for holding a lot, okay? So before we start throwing a parade for Mike McGlinchey, just know that he's going to commit a lot of penalties. I'd put the number, I'd put the over under at eight. I'd probably take the over. (laughs) So every other game, McGlinchey's going to get called for holding. And uh, might be more than that. So just get ready for that. But either way, left tackle of the future needs to be concerned if you're realistic and not someone that is a fake friend of Garrett Bowles. like, no, 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 you're realistic about the situation. you know that's something they need to be considering. Maybe that's possible in the draft, but there are exceptions to the rules for Belizeman. Sometimes I intersperse movie quotes through what I'm saying, so try to not be terribly confused. Um, but I look at tackle and left tackle specifically, if you could find the right trade partner. And Mac asked me before he left, what team's out there that's just like a wide receiver away, that's like a playoff contending type of team? Okay, playoff contending type of team. Not the locks, right? We know Kansas City, they're a lock. You're not trading with Kansas City anyway. Uh, we'll take the Chargers out of it and the Raiders, although the Raiders are going to go way in the toilet. Thank you, Josh McDaniels, for making the Raiders as irrelevant as they usually are. Take Cincinnati out of it. They're a lock. Take Buffalo out of it. They're a lock. Well, okay. B- fringe playoff team Miami, they don't need wide receivers. They have way better wide receivers than the Broncos do. And Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Okay, take that team out of it. Uh Jets, nah, who cares? Jets, Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Um, okay. New England. Yeah, maybe, but right now, Mac Jones. And can I not take a victory lap? Because I think that's a that's a bad look. I understand people like you. Quit talking about Tariq Woolen and Isaiah Pacheco. Thirty six minutes, KJ. 36 minutes till I brought up Isaiah Pacheco. That's a record, okay? That's a record for me. I want the record to reflect that. I understand people like, quit saying that. Listen, I'm going to talk about my misses more than I talk about my hits. When Isaiah Pacheco hits, I just go, yeah, the Broncos were dumb not to draft him. I'm not going to say stupid. That's mean. But dumb? Yeah, you were dumb not to draft. Hey, let's get Fayon Hicks, everybody. How'd that work out? Isaiah Pacheco, leading rusher on the Super Bowl champion, leading rusher in the Super Bowl, angriest runner in the league, 4-3-40. No, we don't need that. No, let's get Melvin Gordon again, huh? That was dumb. Don't be dumb. But I'll talk about the misses more than the hits because I learn more from the misses. But I'll tell you this. I might want to be doing a victory lap on Mac Jones. I said Mac Jones couldn't play. And I had to fight against people for that. And I'm like, okay, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I get that. But when you don't see it, you don't see it. And right now, Mac Jones is almost ousted for Bailey Zappi. And guess what? Bailey Zappi can't really play either. Bailey Zappi's okay. But he's system-specific. Mac Jones was system-specific. And he went to one of the two teams where he could flourish. And he's not flourishing. He's going to get benched for a fifth rounder. Zappi was a uh, fifth, fifth fifth round. Anyway, seventh round was Brock Purdy. I think Bailey Zappi was a fifth rounder. KJ, if I'm wrong, just get in my ear and tell me. But either way, like, okay, maybe New England, I guess. New England can't draft receivers, so they might be in the market. It's not Pittsburgh, borderline. Cincinnati, we've already taken out. It's not Baltimore. They already got ODB, and who the hell knows? Uh, My dude Blake asked me today, what's happening with Lamar Jackson? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Nobody knows. Like, uh, last Sunday, we was ticked off. Is he still mad, or are they going to kiss and make up because they got him ODB? And yes, I know, OBJ, I call him ODB. Shimmy, shimmy, yah, to that. Okay, um, Cleveland. Fourth round. Okay, thank you. So even higher than I thought. Uh, Cleveland, they want a wide receiver. Sure. I guess. You know, fringe, outside shot at making the postseason. Okay, whatever. Indianapolis, see what they do with their situation. Tennessee, like we talked about, they might be going with a rookie quarterback. Um. Because, you know, Ryan Tannehill's not the answer. We already know that. So, like, okay, Jacksonville, not really. Jacksonville did their money uh, for wide receivers last year. And they've got a Zay Jones and they've got a Christian Kirk. Like, now you've got Calvin Ridley coming back. It um, was a great move, by the way, for Jacksonville. Duval! Like, yes, fantastic to get Calvin Ridley. So, they don't need wide receivers. So, it, it, somebody... Somebody's going to have to find something somewhere somehow. But for me, offensive tackle is that exception because you need to think about the future, Eckhart. Again, I mix movie quotes in with regular. That's what uh, it's what guys do. At least, that's what I do. Anyway, think about the future of Broncos country. Think about the future at left tackle. And if someone like an Anton Harrison is there, and I understand some people are like, he's a third rounder. Well, okay. But in a... Quarterback Desperate League, where it's about protecting the quarterback, having the quarterback, or getting to the quarterback, the guys that protect the quarterback are well-paid and highly coveted. So Harrison may grade as a third-rounder to some, but he might go in the late first round. And if you're the Denver Broncos, that's a consideration. I said it earlier. I think tight end is that. It is Luke Musgrave. Orlando brought up inside linebacker. That's cool. I don't think they want it as much as we want it for them. Because they have Singleton, because they have Jewel, because Jewel showed better play in coverage last year, and he did. Um, still's got arms that are too short and still doesn't run exactly the greatest 40 that you need in coverage from a linebacker. But Josie Jewell, because of his brain, his head yet, because of his high football intelligence, Josie Jewell stays ahead of the play. And that keeps him, instead of being a half a step off, which is more like a full step when you don't have the length, and Josie Jewell doesn't have the length in coverage, like now because his head keeps him in the game, keeps him ahead of the play, great anticipation. You saw him get his hands on footballs with interceptions. You saw him be better in coverage. Like, I'm willing to see more of that while also knowing that it's not the prototypical. It's not the Devin White. And George Payton said he'd been in on every move. Okay, you would be in on every deal. All right. We'll see what you can do. But for me, the exception to the rule, I know some people would say handed hooker. That conversation's been had. But, like, it's offensive tackle for me. Or it's some sort of pass rusher. Because Randy Gregory can't stay healthy. And he just won't. God bless him. He won't stay healthy. Baron Browning is Malik Reed right now. And you need him to be more Shaq Barrett. I've explained that before. I'll continue to go there. I love Baron Browning, but we haven't yet see him take that next step. You'll give him that opportunity, but this isn't wait around for you to develop, League. This is not for long, as Brandon Stokely says What have you done for me lately? So with Baron Browning, you got to take that step, and we got to see it now. I need backup now. <laughs> now, damn it, now. I can't say the rest of that quote. they turn turning my car into Swiss cheese. Anyway, you need. To see those steps from Baron Browning. So pass rusher, maybe. Although there's some pass rushers that follow the third round. Offensive tackle, offensive tackle, offensive tackle. That's my exception to the rule. If you're the Broncos, you're thinking about moving up from 67. I promised it, or should I say teased it, industry term. Will Peterson from DenverSports.com will join me to talk about the Gabe Landeskog injury and just how devastating it is for the Colorado Avalanche. That's coming up next. Denver Sports Tonight. I am your host, Cecil Lammy, talking about the top Denver sports news. This means you can check us out, denversports.com. Sign up for that Denver Sports Daily, hot and fresh to your inbox, the top sports stories from around the Mile High City. It is the Denver Sports Daily, available for free at denversports.com. I teased it to talk about the Gabe Landeskog injury. We go to the johnson auto plaza hotline it is will peterson from denversports.com will uh good evening my friend let's talk about this gabe landeskog injury news that is the top sports story today
0: yeah it's really interesting cecil because we kind of all felt this was coming because we saw gabriel landeskog try to skate over the last month and it hadn't looked pretty the guy right. just didn't look like himself didn't look right but then today, the Avalanche, I think, do the right thing. And more importantly, I think Gabriel Landeskog did the right thing. They ruled him out for the entire postseason. And listen, this eliminates a huge distraction. This eliminates questions to head coach Jared Bednar. Hey, is he going to play in round one? Right. Well, if you win round one, hey, is he going to play in round two? Or guys in the locker room having to answer questions, what would it mean to get Gabe back? Well, guess what? Gabe's not coming back. Right. So he was a huge reason they won the Stanley Cup last year, more than 20 points. Uh, In the 20 games they played, obviously his leadership as captain is very tough to replace. So while today is a big, big bummer, I think getting this out of the way before the playoffs begin makes a lot of sense. You know, would the Nuggets have benefited by something like this with Jamal Murray last year? Probably, because that question lingered over their entire playoff series with the Warriors. The Avalanche put this to bed today, and Gabriel Landeskog had a really honest, raw sometimes emotional press conference at about 5 o'clock, just you know, a little right. little less than two hours ago, and answered uh, answered some pretty tough questions. Well, and I'll get to
1: the press conference in just a little bit, Will, but you bring up that about Jamal Murray, and I think, and Murray, a much younger player, obviously, but it just put this undue pressure. Like, why isn't Murray playing? What's the matter with Murray? Why wasn't he out there? Like, yeah, he just shut it down, baby. Shut it down. Now, Gabe Landeskog, the emotion you mentioned in the press conference, you're like, okay, he says he's not done playing, Will.
0: Do you buy that? Well, that was the thing, is they announced this press conference at five and immediately you start seeing the questions on social media, a lot of media members texting about it. Is this a retirement press conference? I right. think that was totally fair to ask in the ninety minutes leading up to it between the announcement and the presser. And it wasn't a retirement press conference, Cecil, but Gabriel Landiscock did admit that this injury will linger. And he is going to explore all of his options. And he's not sure when he's going to be back. This could mm. very well bleed in next season. Now, he did make it clear. He says, I will play again. I just don't know when. We all will take him at his word for that. But obviously, Cecil, he's had multiple surgeries, three surgeries in the last calendar year. He's played 20 hockey games in the last 400 days. And those 20 games were in the postseason games that he'll admit and his teammates will admit He had no business being on the ice, but he was chasing a title, so he gutted through it. That raises legitimate questions. When you haven't been able to play the sport uh, for more than a year, other than when you just gutted through it with an obscene level of toughness, will he ever be the same again, and will he ever play again? The answer today is yes. Ask me again in four months, and that answer could change. Mm -mm -mm. Will
1: Peterson, DenverSports.com, talking about the Colorado Avalanche. Who steps up? In Landy's place, who who are you looking forward to the most as the Abs make another run at the postseason?
0: Yeah, I mean, leadership-wise, it's got to be Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantman, and neither of them are real vocal leaders like Gabriel Landeskog is. Right, so right. that may take them out of their comfort zone, but we'll see if they can do it. It's kind of like people always wanted Von Miller to be a leader, and yeah. Von was a lead-by-example guy, but exactly. Von wasn't necessarily a raw rah guy. And once the Super Bowl 50 defense was broken up and Vaughn got forced into that role, I don't think he was very good at it. The Broncos weren't very good at it. So to put the leadership onus on McKinnon and Rantan will be tough. The goal-scoring stuff, that's going to have to come from Arturi Lackanen and Valerian and Chishkin. Nowhere near the firepower they had last year. They won games in the playoff last year like 6-2. This year they're going to have to win a a lot of games 2-1, 3-2. Okay,
1: we'll see just how far... Your Colorado Avalanche can go. Will Peterson covers it all for us at denversports.com. Will, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Cecil. Boom. There we have him. Will Peterson, ladies and gentlemen. He is on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline talking about the Colorado Avalanche. And he mentioned the distraction of just taking this away. Like, yeah, Landis is shut down. Oh, I forgot to ask him if we could actually watch him on TV. Do we know that? I don't want to make anybody mad. Don't at me, bro. But, like, I forgot to ask Will. Like, we can watch him, right? Or is it going to be... We can watch him. We can watch him? Okay. Mm-hmm. I never know. I never know. Somewhere Brian, yes, that Brian, is texting me about the KSE propaganda outlet. Please, Brian, give it a rest. Anyway, um, <laughs> he mentioned the distraction from the reporters. Sometimes us reporter types are like that little kid in F is for family. I don't know if you watch that on Netflix. But the F is for family. I think it's Bill Burr, right? And uh, the one little kid's like, hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? Like, if you don't shut down Gabe Landeskog, now all of a sudden you got a lot of, hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? Anyway, he's Will Peterson. Thank you, Will. DenverSports.com is where you want to go. DenverSports.com and the Denver Sports Daily I am Cecil Salami wrapping up the show today. The NFL Draft will be here before you know it. We've got your best coverage and your draft previews going on right now at denversports.com. I'm previewing the entire classes. I'm handing out grades. And Andrew Mason is doing Broncos fits and sleepers. So we've got you covered. And then some of the best NFL Draft coverage you can find denversports.com. Many thanks to everyone out there again. Shout out to King Supers and the Colorado Rockies Dinger. You owe me a rain check, buddy. Appreciate everyone that came by and said, what's up in Lakewood? You are always up to no good. I am Cecil Lamy saying, KJ, you're the man of the box, dude. I appreciate you very much. Everyone else, be safe, be kind, know that you're appreciated. Stay tuned. And as always, please, would you stay frosty? I'm still there.